You're listening to Sacks in the Basement, a production of the Broadcast Basement Limited, where every show is 30 minutes of good and comes from a basement bar on the south side of Chicago. Pull up a stool, pour a cold one, and join us right now for Sacks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SacksInTheBasement.com. And welcome into my basement. Pull up a stool at my nine-foot homemade oak bar and pour yourself a cold one. You are listening to Socks in the Basement, the White Sox podcast for fans and by fans. Just under two years in, and we have become something that you have let into your homes, and we appreciate it. And during the current pandemic, we are bringing you White Sox baseball simulated with MLB The Show 20 each and every day. My name is Chris Lanuti, and besides the regular Wednesday Sox in a Basement podcast, you have White Sox simulated baseball today. The White Sox have taken the first two games of a three-game set against the hated Minnesota Twins and Jose Barrios. 2-0 with a 6.23 earned run average. Takes on Reynaldo Lopez. 1-0 with a 3.46 ERA. The 10-5 Twins sit a half game in front of the 9-5 White Sox. The Sox go for a sweep on Easter Sunday. All brought to you by Cork and Carry at the Park, 33rd in Princeton. You can get their food right now at Grubhub and directly from CorkandCarryAtThePark.com. Let's send it out without delay to Guaranteed Rate Field. Sox, Twins, going for the sweep on Socks in the Basement. Found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Guaranteed Rate Field. My name is Chris Lanuti, and you are listening to Socks in the Basement bring you another simulated game as we prepare to bring you the third of three games, White Sox versus Twins, on a rainy Sunday, Easter Sunday, here on the south side of Chicago. Reynaldo Lopez takes the mound. This is his third start. He's 1-0 with a 3.46 earned run average, 13 innings pitched, 10 hits, Two walks, 13 strikeouts, and a whip under one at 0.92. Overcast skies today as Luis Araz, the second baseman, steps up. The White Sox wearing their 1980s home jerseys, the red, white, and blue as they do on Sundays as the rain drizzles down upon them. And they trail the Twins by a half game after taking two at the beginning of this series. And the first pitch is a ball from Lopez. The next pitch on the way. Outside corner taken for a ball, 2-0. That was close. Chilly, rainy, Easter Sunday. The pitch. And the 291 hitting a Raz takes a strike inside, 2-1 the count. Toronto already leading the Royals, 1-0 early in their game. The pitch on the way. Inside swung on for a strike, 2-2 the count. Tampa Bay leading Cleveland early. Lindor's one for two, but his team trails one to nothing. This one inside fastball trailing up into the hands. Swung under and missed. And Lopez has his first strike out of the game. First batter is out. One out here in the top of the first. Grandal back behind the plate. After a day off yesterday, McCann did well back there. Not only calling the game, but good day at the plate. First pitch inside taken for a ball by Polanco, 1-0. Lopez to set, 
He delivers. This one is lifted deep out in the right field. Two steps by Mazzara, and he just watches it sail over as Polanco hits one out. 384 feet at about 104 miles per hour for the solo shot in the pouring rain, which has now become much heavier. And the Twins lead one to nothing. Twins took the lead yesterday. White Sox did not give up. Lopez makes a mistake here inside but over the plate. And on an overcast day where it is daytime and yet the lights are on and there is a dark gray in the sky, not any blue to be seen and rain coming down with one out in the top of the first inside and high to Nelson Cruz. 1-0 to count. Lopez has looked good early on this season. Cruz hits 327. Lopez sets the pitch on the way. Outside on the corner, taken for a strike, one and one. Nelson Cruz had played for a while with the Twins, re-signed again this offseason. The fountain of youth has drenched Nelson Cruz as he continues to be effective late in his career. Low taken for a ball, two and one. The next pitch on the way, outside on the corner, didn't get the call, three and one. As Sano waits on deck. Lopez into the wine quickly. Swung on and missed on a changeup inside. Three and two to count. The pitch from Lopez. Swung on and chopped into center field. Right center field to be exact. Bobbled by Mazzara, but still gets in quickly enough that the runner holds at first. There's a runner on first with one out and a run already in. In a game that I'm surprised we're even playing as the rain pours down here in Chicago on the south side. And Sano steps up. Lopez looks in and delivers. Outside corner taken for a strike. I was surprised on the last at bat that close calls were going to the batter when normally in conditions like this, the umpire calls anything close a strike. Outside corner taken for a ball, one and one in the count. Sano has spent his entire career with Minnesota, five years. Has run into trouble. Swung on and missed outside changeup, one and two. Was accused of pushing a reporter, female reporter, into a room and putting his hands where they shouldn't have been. Yet somehow, is out here playing. Don't have the details on what happened there, but MLB clearly saying we investigate everything's fine this one gets by Grandal rolls between his legs runner advances 90 feet under the throw two and two the count and a runner on second with one out here in the top of the first with the Sox already trailing by one White Sox simulated baseball brought to you by Cork and Carey at the park 33rd in Princeton go to Grubhub use the app or just go direct to corkandcarryatthepark.com they will take care of you Gourmet burgers, hot dogs, hot wings, wraps, salads, you name it, they got it. Has some ballpark food. It's on par, if not better, with what you can get at the rate. And enjoy a ball game broadcast from SoxInTheBasement.com. This one is low and swung on and missed. Lopez has two strikeouts. Two outs now on the top of the first. And Josh Donaldson steps in, hitting fifth in the order. He had two home runs yesterday in the eighth spot. Takes this one high and outside for ball one. A lot of fans here. This is a big series. 
some folks from Minnesota in, you see their jerseys. But everybody is bundled up, many inside of rainwear, as the heavens rain down upon them, and that one swung on a miss, one and one to count. Next pitch, foul back to the backstop, one and two. Cruz takes a lead at second. Lopez with a quick look in the pitch on the way. Outside, he didn't chase a slider, two and two. 22 pitches so far in the first inning. 10 for balls, 12 for strikes for Lopez. And his 23rd pitch on the way. Swung on and missed, fastball in on the hands. Donaldson goes down, frustrated. And the White Sox out of the first, but not before. A solo shot starts this game off with the Twins leading one to nothing. Jose Barrios, three starts on the year with a 2-0 record, but an ERA of 6.23, innings. 25 hits, 10 walks, 15 strikeouts, and a whip over two. So he's 2-0, but his offense has bailed him out. Barrios, though, is a heck of a talent. Tim Anderson inning 367. Two home runs so far in the season steps in. And the White Sox may have wanted to go with those black jerseys because they are soaked in the red, white, and blue of the 83 retros. This one grounded over to second base. Quick toss over to first. One pitch, one out. Anderson goes back to the bench. Moncada comes up. Hitting 327 with two home runs, nine RBIs. His on-base percentage near 400. Batting from the left side, Barrios delivers. Strike one on the outside corner. The Twins came in 10-3 with a comfortable lead on the White Sox. But the Sox beat the bejesus out of them in the first game as this one is flared out for a base hit in the left field in front of the incoming defender, Rosario. Moncada over to first base. The Sox took game one, 9 to nothing, And then in a seesaw battle. And then in a seesaw battle in dramatic fashion. Yesterday afternoon, win 5-4. And they're a half game out of first. This one taken for a strike by Abreu with a runner on first. 0-1 the count. The pitch. Inside taken for a ball. 1-1 the count. Runner on first. 1-1 count. One out. Bob out of the first. Twins struck early. They lead 1-0 in the rain. Swung on and missed at the knees inside. 1-2 to Abreu. Barrios working quickly. The pitch. Swung on and chopped back. He was lucky to get a piece of it. One and two, the count remains. Philly and Cincy tied at zero in about the third inning. And the next pitch inside on Abreu swung on and missed above his shoulder and well inside the zone. A bad swing on a bad pitch. He goes down. Second out of the inning. And Edwin Encarnacion, who has quickly become the cleanup hitter for this team, after Jimenez and Grandal had their turns, Stands in there hitting 292 with five home runs and nine RBIs and an OPS north of 1,000. Takes the first pitch for a ball. Now Encarnacion will chase a ball out of the zone with two strikes. But he has overall provided good hitting for the White Sox. And that's why he's in the four spot. He is now two and one with two outs in the top of the first. Barrios delivers. This one is smacked in the right center field. Runners... Moving around, this ball trailing back to the wall, and it's caught. On the warning track, trailing back is Cruz. The right fielder puts it away. That was dangerous, and in better weather, probably gets out. After one, Minnesota leads 1-0. Overcast, dark, lights on already. 
and Matt Capps, former Minnesota Twins pitcher, joining us a little bit later on in the game. Remember, this Socks in the Basement broadcast brought to you by Socks in the Basement, found everywhere podcasts can be found and always at SocksInTheBasement.com. Is also recapped daily by SocksOn35th.com, the world-famous blog, helping us bring you a baseball season in 2020. The shift is on right now for Mitch Garver. Three guys on the left side of the infield, the first pitch taken for a ball, the next one also outside for ball two. So three guys between second and third. Lopez working away. He delivers. And the 260 Garver hits this one down the third baseline following to the stands. 2-1 pitch on the way. Swung on and missed a slider tailing outside, 2-2 two two to count. Lopez delivers in the rain. Fouled off. Cleveland leads Tampa Bay 3-1 right now in the fifth inning. This next pitch chopped off down the third base line. A slider. He holds in there at 2-2. Two two. The next pitch. This one's also chopped back and hits the fence. Scared the bejesus out of the guy in the third row. 2-2 two two the count. Lopez continues the battle. Swung on and missed. Four-seam fastball on the outside portion of the plate. Garver trips over his own feet heading towards the dugout. Lopez has four strikeouts so far in this game. So he gives up the home run, but all four outs have been strikeouts. And Raylo delivers inside to Eddie Rosario, fouled off for strike number one. Rosario hitting 204. As I sit up here in the broadcast booth, drinking a gourmet margarita. Inside fastball, ball, one and one to count. It's Easter Sunday. We're in a pandemic. I'm drinking, folks. Changeup taken for a strike, one and two the count. Let me give a shout out to those that intoxicated me today. And that's Unidad at Latin Kitchen and Bar. Inside pitch taken for a strike. Five outs and five strikeouts for Lopez. With two outs in the top of the second, he's still trailing one to nothing. And Max Kepler comes up hitting 167. Unidad's an Evergreen Park restaurant. And they close down a couple days after this whole thing started, maybe on the 18th, 19th of March, they tried to do delivery. It wasn't working. And Sal and Jamie, husband and wife, running the restaurant as this count goes one and one to Kepler, shut things down because their employees were nervous. They came up with a plan, carry out only. They reopened the other day. And they are not only doing food, but delicious cocktails, which I'm enjoying. Robert goes back to the track and catches one inning over. Sox trail by one going to the bottom of the second. Remember to go to unidadrestaurant.com, a Latin kitchen and bar. They're doing cocktails and amazing food. Check them out. Jimenez comes up, first pitch from Barrios is drilled into right field. That's a base hit. So the Sox have one on right away. Jimenez waves to the camera and says, hi, mom. And Grandal comes up, hitting 205 with three home runs, 11 RBIs. As Jimenez has gotten out of his slump, Grandal seems to have fallen into one. And has dropped from the fourth spot to the sixth spot in the lineup, even after a day off yesterday where McCann came in and hit a home run. The lefty Grandal takes the pitch inside for a strike. 0-1 the count with Jimenez on first. Outside slider, 1-1 the count. Happy Easter to all of you. The pitch, swung on and chopped towards second base. He missed it. It rolls in the right field. Jimenez on the second. Grandal is safe at first. Looked like he had a play. He couldn't get the glove there in time. 
back-to-back hits in the right field. And the White Sox are in business here with two on and no out. Here in the bottom of the second, and Nomar Mazzara steps up. The pitch on the way from Barrios. Chopped foul down the third base line. Mazzara took a few days off. Engel was in there playing right field against lefties. Mazzara came on yesterday after a right-handed relief pitcher came in and in a pinch hit roll immediately hit a double that contributed to a White Sox win. This one is flared out in the left field. He calls for it and catches it. Everybody back to their bases. One out in the bottom of the second on the fly out to left. And Luis Robert hitting 227 in a home run comes up. The rain continues to come down. Overcast, cold. It's getting heavier as this inside four-seam fastball is taken for a ball. 1-0 the count. Jimenez leads off a second. Outside corner, changeup catches it. 1-1 the count. Rondal at first, Jimenez at second. Barrios working quickly. Swung on and driven deep. All the way to the track. A great play. And the runners will hold. Jimenez came off the bag thinking it was gone, and by the time he realized it wasn't, he had to return to second. So this is a fly out all the way to dead center on the track, and nobody advances. And Danny Mendick, the nine-hitter, comes in now with two outs in the bottom of the second. With first and third, takes two balls immediately inside in the rain. Mendick stands in. It's getting heavier. The pitch. Check swing, taken for a strike, 2-1. and one. The 2-1 pitch from Barrios to Mendick. Swung on and chopped down the third baseline foul. Barrios put on the first and second batters of the inning. And now gets Mendick to swing for strike three and escapes the inning. After two, 1-0 Twins here on the south side of Chicago in the rain. The White Sox have more hits than the Twins, but trail 1-0 as Byron Buxton steps in, hitting 293. The rain continues to pour down on Reynaldo Lopez. And this one is bunted down the third baseline. It is fair. Mancada should have let that go foul. Instead, he tries to one-hand it, and Buxton is safe at first. That is the fourth time this series that Buxton has bunted down the third baseline. He has been out on three attempts, and he finally got to first base. The very first pitch to the next batter is popped up. Rondell underneath it. You will catch it right in front of home plate. Araz is down, and the number two hitter, Polanco, one for one with a solo shot, comes up with a runner on first base and one out. Top of the third, inside pitch taken for a strike. Polanco's two for ten lifetime against Reynaldo Lopez with three strikeouts. He sets the pitch. High four-seam fastball taken for a ball, one and one in the count. Texas leading Houston, five to two in the fifth inning. This four-seam fastball is fouled down the third base line, one and two the count to Polanco. Lopez with the pitch. Chopped up the middle, nobody's gonna get it. It's gonna dribble in the center field. The runner's trying to go first to third. Robert in the third base with a bad throw that pulls Mancata off the bag. And Buxton's in safely. He needs to get him there. When Robert got the ball, Buxton was right at second base. And at that point, all he has to do is pick it up off the ground and throw it in. And Buxton beats him from shallow center field. 
with one out in the top of the third, first and third now, and the first strike to Nelson Cruz, who's one for one with a single in the first inning. Reynaldo Lopez, wiping the rain off of his hat, delivers. Inside four-seam fastball, taken for a ball, one and one the count. Cruz has a war just under 37, meaning he's almost responsible for 37 wins above replacement at this point in his career. And he's one and two now with one out in the top of the third, first and third. And Lopez, 47 pitches so far here in the top of the third. His toughest outing of the season by far. The pitch gets a hold of it and dribbles it right up the middle. The runner will score another play at third base and Robert can't get the runner. First and third on a dribble up the middle and they're nickeling and diming the White Sox to a 2-0 lead here on the south side in the top of the third. And Cooper's out talking to Lopez and trying to calm down his young pitcher, who has been very effective. But the five-starter in the White Sox rotation going up against the ace of the Twins is now down. He throws this one inside and tight to Miguel Sano for ball one. Sano struck out in the first inning. He's got two on and one out here in the top of the third. and Two runs in already. The pitch on the way. Swung on and flown out in the deep center field. Way back. Robert looks up. And this one is gone. Right over the 400 sign. And where Ray Lopez has been incredibly effective this season for the White Sox. He is now down quickly. Five to nothing on a 422 foot home run. That got out of here at over 110 miles per hour. Miguel Sano, hitting below the Mendoza line, hit that ball a mile. And the White Sox are quickly down by five early in this game. On a rainy afternoon on the south side of Chicago that looks like evening. And you're starting to wonder, why do we play this game? The next pitch to Donaldson's outside own one the count. With one out here in the top of the third. And it looks bad. Real bad. And Lopez has to limit the damage and hopefully his offense can get him back into this. The Sox took the first two games of the series. 0-2 pitch to Donaldson flared down the third baseline foul, and they were convincing on Friday night and won an intense battle yesterday afternoon. But now in the cold and the rain going for the sweep, the Twins have gotten the best of Lopez. They have two home runs so far and have amassed five runs with one out in the top of the third. And Donaldson remains up there with a 1-2 count. The pitch from Lopez. Swung on and chopped to Anderson. He will take it on two hops and swing it over. Encarnacion over at first base today. Receives it for the second out. Abreu the DH. Encarnacion the first baseman today. And there's two outs in the top of the third for Mitch Garver. And the pitch on the way. Outside ball. And the shift is on again with Mendick, Anderson, and Mancada between second and third. And Encarnacion basically playing second base shading towards first. This one is chopped foul, one and one the count. The way the Sox are playing right now, I'm glad I've been drinking all day. This one is down the third base line. I started off with a 32-ounce jug of beer delivered by Open Outcry over in Morgan Park. Beverly on Western Avenue, 109th and Western. Swung out and missed that strike three. So 
So the Sox are done with the top of the third, but not before they are now trailing five to nothing. Bottom of the third, five nothing bad guys. Tim Anderson with his second at bat here, leading off the inning. 0 for 1 with a ground out in the first. And Barrios, you hope the weather gets to him. And these hot socks bats can get back in this game as this one is flared out in the right field. One pitch, one out. Caught along the line. One out in the bottom of the third. Socks, a half game behind Minnesota coming into this game. Cleveland playing well in their game. And if they win, will be 10 and 7. If the Sox lose, they'll basically be even with a team that they beat two out of three trailing another team that they beat two out of three. But it's a long season. Mankata in, chops this one down the third base line. 0-1 the count. So I had the 32-ouncer from open outcry. Low pitch at the knees. 0-2. Wonderful old English ale that was 9.5 ABV. It's incredible. Inside pitch on the hand, swung on and missed. Mankata goes down on strikes. Two outs in the bottom of the third. Third strikeout for Barrios. Then, I had a couple of Lagunitas IPAs as we kept social distancing and delivered Easter goodies around the neighborhood to family and friends. Low pitch taken for a ball, 1-0 to Abreu, who's 0-1 with the strikeout in the first. Then my wife says, we're going to support a local business. And Unidad had just opened up here in Evergreen. We go over there, we get tacos, some corn that had like spice on it, some kind of Brussels sprout thing. And I hate Brussels sprouts, and it was amazing. It was breaded. Two on one now to Abreu. And then they made margaritas. And at this point, I know we're losing five to nothing, but I'm enjoying myself here in the booth. Two and two to the count. The pitch on the way. Chopped down the third baseline, just foul. Abreu with two outs here in the bottom of the third. Barrios delivers. Swung on and chopped off down the first baseline. Abreu hangs in there. I'm going to do my best Harry Doyle today from Major League. Swung on and missed by Abreu way outside. After three, the White Sox trail five to nothing on Easter. Foundation issues not properly handled can be costly. Family Waterproofing Solutions is owned by Ken, a veteran of the United States Marines, and his wife Maria, making them a veteran-owned business and a female-owned business that will diagnose and repair wet or leaky basements. And while they're located on the sock side, Family Waterproofing services the entire Chicagoland area and Northwest Indiana. And now after taking time off to ensure they can do things safely and securely for you, Family Waterproofing is back in business and doing jobs. Plus part of the proceeds for every job that they do are donated to veteran and first responder organizations who support our frontline defenders. And currently, Socks in the Basement listeners have access to special pricing when they contact Family Waterproofing Solutions now, 708-330-4466, or visit them today at familybasementwaterproofing.com. Ladies and gentlemen, you just heard from Family Waterproofing Solutions. Remember, they have Socks in the Basement deals available to you and all you have to do is tell them you heard about them with socks in the basement. On certain days, you can get 20% off. They got two-for-one offers. 
check them out and tell them we told you to give them a call. Eddie Rosario steps in here in the top of the fourth. 0 for 1 with a strikeout in the second. He is 1 for 9 on the series, but he has a home run. The pitch from Lopez. Outside corner taken for a ball. The next pitch on the way. Swung on and driven deep down the right field line that will clear the wall. Rosario flips his bat, and the Twins are up 6-0. I want to tell you to continue to listen, but I feel like by the time it is broadcast, I will be talking to nobody as the Sox trail 6 to nothing, And I'm going to have another drink. I mean, at this point, what the heck? It's Easter. It's simulated. And we're losing by six. This is brutal. Lopez, who had been so good, so good early in the season, having a stinker out here tonight in the pouring rain for the Chicago White Sox. He's given up six here in the top of the fourth, and Kepler steps in. The pitch on the way is high, taken for a strike. Already Carson Fulmer and Evan Marshall are warming. Renteria understands that it's a, it's a tough prospect to come back in this game as Lopez gets Kepler 0-2. Next pitch chopped the first base over Abreu's glove, but Mendick gets it and tosses a Lopez covering first. And that's one out here in the top of the fourth. Buxton steps in in the ninth spot with a single and a run scored. He keeps trying to bunt down the third base line. Took him the entire series to get Mancata on a judgment play where he probably should have let that one go foul. He's 0-1 now with one out at the top of the fourth. A rainy Easter Sunday, and I think that gets all of our moods exactly where they should be. It's Easter, and it sucks. It's terrible that we can't hang out with family and friends. It's terrible what's going on right now in the world. The good news is the White Sox in this simulated season are playing well as Buxton is 3-1. and one. And even if they lose this game, they will have taken four of the first five series they played in and be 9-6. and six. If they can come back in this game, they will take first place from the Minnesota Twins. So I look at this game as Buxton takes a ball and walks down 90 feet to first base. As we're playing with house money early in the season, with our five starter against their one starter, and maybe we pull off a miracle and get some excitement at the end of this game. An Easter miracle. Not the Easter miracle, but an Easter miracle. 1-0 pitch, inside taken for a strike on a four-seam fastball, 1-1 one one the count. I was at a game years ago on Easter. White Sox trailing by four in the bottom of the ninth and Tadahito Aguchi hit a grand slam on Easter Sunday. This one has popped up to Abreu in foul territory and he gets it. Two outs in the top of the fourth. Aguchi tied the game on a grand slam on an Easter Sunday afternoon. The Sox eventually lost, but I'm going to tell you something right now. We jumped around and partied like crazy on that grand slam. When you're two outs and trailing by four. And he comes up and it's a granny. Easter has been interesting for the White Sox historically. 1-0 pitch to Polanco now. This one is jam shot to Mendick. He will go to second. He'll get the force. The inning is over. After four and a half, the White Sox trail six to nothing. But this game is long from over and this team has yet to be shut out this year. Let's get some runs in the rain. In the next inning, Matt Caps joins us. 
former Minnesota Twins pitcher. We're going to talk a little bit about what's going on in the real world of baseball and these ideas, and many of them have been circulated, about what the White Sox and everybody else in Major League Baseball might do to get the season actually started. Encarnacion is up 0 for 1. Barrios, with his 38th pitch here in the bottom of the fourth, throws strike one on the inside corner. Encarnacion has five home runs. He only trails Jimenez, who has six, and got one yesterday. The pitch. Swung on and flared out in the left center field. This one is deep. It may carry over. This one is caught at the wall, over the wall, by Byron Buxton. He went up, and he pulls it back in, in left center field, and steals the home run for out number one. And the next pitch, thrown to Aloy Jimenez, outside corner low, taken for a strike, 0-1. So far, it's been all twins, but this Sox team is a comeback squad. We've seen it early on in the season. And until this game is over, I will believe. Two straight balls to Jimenez, who's one for one. Two and one the count, as Detroit leads the Angels seven to three on Easter Sunday. Swung on and missed on the hands, two and two now. And man, this margarita is tasty. This one is fouled back into the upper deck. Two and two in the rain, on a gloomy Easter Sunday. The pitch on the way. Swung on and sent out in the center field. It's going to be a can of corn. Two outs in the bottom of the fourth. Yasmani Grandal, who's had some troubles here in the last week, is one for one in this game. The lefty stands in against Barrios, the righty. Takes an inside changeup for a ball, 1-0. Grandal is near the Mendoza line in average, but leads the White Sox in RBIs with 11. Pitch number 47 from Barrios. Inside, 2-0 the count. The 2-0 pitch on the way. Inside taken for a ball, 3-0. Hitters count with Mazzara on deck. A cold, windy, rainy day. And the Twins lead 6-0. Early in the game, four pitches, four balls. Rondell's down the first. And Mazzara steps in. 0-1 with a fly out in the second. The average is only 214. He had some heroics yesterday, though, and he's kind of been regulated to a platoon role in right field. That doesn't mean the White Sox won't eventually see if he can get hot against both sides when it comes to pitchers. But this young man has had four years in the majors with a lot of hype, was traded from his original team, and Frank Mankino believes he can fix him. He's 1-0 right now with two outs in the bottom of the fourth and a runner on. The pitch on the way. Low, taken for a ball, 2-0. The 2-0 pitch. High, but in the strike zone, 2-1. A lot of fans showed up on Easter. They're sitting in the rain. They're sitting with their jackets on. They're sitting in the cold. The pitch on the right. Low, slider. Outside, 3-1 to count. Barrio stares in in the pitch. Swung on and chopped foul on the first base line. And they're full. With two outs here in the bottom of the fourth and runner on first. Mazzaro awaits the pitch. He takes ball four, borderline pitch, good eye. He will go down to first base, first and second here with two outs in the bottom of the fourth. Look, you're down by six, but nothing says you can't chip away. And Luis Robert, who's a rookie, who's 0 for 1 with a 222 average, 
but has done well in certain games, you may see this kid not be afraid. He may not care about the 6-0 deficit as he flares this one in the right field and immediately it is caught. So forget me building him up. He's out. And that's the end of the inning. Sorry, folks. I keep trying to bring excitement. The White Sox keep losing. 6 to nothing. End of four. Carson Fulmer will start off this inning. Ricky Renteria was done with Ray Lopez. Fulmer's got two and a third innings pitch. A 3.86 earned run average. Six strikeouts of two walks. And he had a terrible first outing in extra innings about a week and a half ago where he walked a batter, gave up two hits, and then walked in the winning run and never got an out. But since then, has been effective. And he's 2-1 and one against Cruz right now, the number three hitter is 2-2 two two in this 6-0 ball game in the top of the fifth. It'll be Fulmer, at least for the next couple innings, I would expect. This one is sent out a base hit to Jimenez. He'll get it in quickly. It's a single. There's one on here in the top of the fifth with no outs. Pouring rain. Miserable day. They can't all be winners. If every game was a 10-0 win by the White Sox, you'd be like, Chris, you're faking it. No. This is what's actually happening. Inside pitch on the hands taken for a ball by Sano. He's one for two with a three-run home run, and the guy is still hitting under 200 on the season. Runner with a slight lead at first base. This game is not over yet. I have faith. Low and inside, 2-0. Renteria, at this point, has to let pitchers like Fulmer get their work in. A guy with no options, you have to see what he can do. Righty against righty, the pitch. Outside, 3-0. First guy got on with a hit. Second guy's 3-0. And Josh Donaldson, the hottest hitter in the major leagues with eight home runs already this season. Hitting near 400, stands on deck. The pitch. That one's taken for a strike. Four-seam fastball, low in the zone, but down the middle. Three and one to count. The next pitch on the way. He did not chase on a changeup on the outer portion of the plate. So that's a walk. First two guys on for Fulmer. Donaldson comes up here in the top of the fifth. It's six to nothing already for the Twins. He's 0 for two with a strikeout and a ground out. He had two home runs yesterday. But in a big moment, in the ninth inning, Aaron Bummer got it on a wicked pitch on the outside portion of the plate. The next better went down. The White Sox won that game, and they are 2-0 so far in this series. And have already won the series, but would like to get this game. First pitch outside taken for a strike. The next pitch from Fulmer swung on and sent out into right field. Jimenez underneath it will make the easy play. The runners go back to their bases. One out here in the top of the fifth. Big crowd for Easter Sunday. You know what's disappointing is you get this big crowd on a Sunday early in the season because of how the White Sox play in the first two games. And it's cold and it's raining on the Easter holiday. And the Sox are trailing six to nothing. Here on the top of the fifth with one out. And that pitch taken for a strike by Garver. 0-1 the count. Fulmer delivers. High pitch. 1-1. One one. We are going to get to Matt Caps here in the bottom of the fifth inning, I promise. The pitch on the way. This one is flared down the third baseline foul into the stands. 1-2. and two. 
The pitch. Swung on and belted into center field. It's going to be a base hit. Robert's going to come up throwing. He is not going to get anybody here, though. The runner will score from second. It's 7 to nothing. A brutal, horrible, terrible, rainy, cold, disgusting, awful ball game here by the White Sox. As Rosario, the seven hitter, comes up with his team of seven to nothing. This one is sent in the center field. Robert trailing back will make the play. He's underneath it. He catches it and throws it in. Two outs. You are going to have games like this. If somebody would have told me before the series, we destroy the Twins on Friday night and win the close one on Saturday, but we get beat on Sunday. I've been like two out of three. We did better than them. I'll take it. If you would have told me the five guy in your rotation would get off to a bad start, I would have understood it. So I'm not shocked by the result, but I feel like there was a little bit of like anticipation in this game that the White Sox were going to pull this one out. Now it's not over. It's the top of the fifth, and anything can happen. Right now, Fomer is 2-1, and one, though, against Kepler. Righty versus lefty. Kepler the lefty with two on and two outs in the top of the fifth. Fulmer stares in, the droplets of water beating up on his glasses. The pitch on the way. That's a strike taken two and two. Trust me, I'm not going to enjoy broadcasting this and then going through and editing out the pauses. I got to listen to this twice. This one's flying out to Yemen as he catches it in left field. The inning is over. The White Sox with a very silent crowd go into the dugout midway through the fifth, trailing by seven. In pouring rain, in the bottom of the fifth inning, 0-for-1 Danny Mendick steps up with his team trailing by seventh and Jose Barrios throwing his 57th pitch of the game for a strike on the outside corner. 0-1 the count. The pitch. Swung on and chopped the short. Polanco over to first. And that's the first out of the inning. Barrios... Has 39 strikes so far in this game, over 58 pitches. And Tim Anderson, 0 for 2, with a fly out and a ground out, steps in. Righty on righty, the pitch on the way. Swung on and chopped fouled on the third base line. Still enjoying delicious margaritas and dreaming of food from Cork and Carry at the Park. You can find them on Grubhub or at CorkandCarryAtThePark.com. Swung on and missed, 0 2 pitch on the way. That one's outside, taken for a ball, one and two. Anderson with one out in the bottom of the fifth. Waits the next pitch, and here it is. Swung in and chopped the second. Easy ground ball over to first. And there's two outs in the bottom of the fifth quickly. I almost want to see Yerman Mercedes come in and, like, play. Like, let's put him behind the plate for a few innings. Why not? It's Easter. He's had two pinch hit opportunities. He's one for two. And nobody believes in him as a long-term player. I know I don't. As Mankata takes this one, 1-0. I keep saying we're going to get to Matt Caps. We'll get to him in the top of the sixth. I keep forgetting to go to him at the beginning of the inning, and I want to give him time to talk. So he'll wait on hold. This one's outside, 2-0 the count. Barrios cruising. Rain falling. Chilly air. 7-0 twins. The pitch. Inside taken for a ball, 3-0. You know... When a team is having troubles like this, as lightning goes off in the distance, you need a few runs to make you feel like you have a chance. The Sox at this point have not even challenged 
to get one or two. As Barrios, now 3-1 to Mankata, tries to get him out to finish the inning. The pitch. Inside taken for a ball, Mankata down to first base. 7-0, two outs, bottom to fifth. Mankata goes right away. High pitch taken for a ball. He is out at second base. But can you blame him? He's just trying to get something going. So on the first pitch to Abreu, Mankata's hit on the wrist as it comes in a second. He looks safe to me. They're going to call him out. And that ends the fifth inning. Top of the sixth, Buxton comes in against Fulmer. The pitch on the way. Swung on inside and missed. 0-1. Let's go to Matt Caps. We might as well. You know, as Fulmer continues to deliver, and this one swung on and missed 0-2. Matt Caps joins me. He's a former relief pitcher for the Minnesota Twins. Sox have already taken the first two games, Matt, so we won the series. And let's talk a little bit about what's going on in Major League Baseball as Buxton swings this one. Three pitches, three strikes. He's out, one out in the top of the sixth. Lots of talk. Do we go to the spring training facilities? Do we play shortened games? Do we keep people away from their families? What's your feeling on this? The good, the bad, and the ugly, Matt. As the next one is immediately lined out, the second baseman, Araz, brings the second out with the top of the six. So, Matt, talk quickly as Polanco steps in. You know, now you're going to get into the conversation with players and the, and the Players Association of, of protecting careers. And, you know, us as me on the other side of it being just a fan now, you know, I don't want to see guys risk their careers to to get back and, you know, accomplish something this year, uh, you know, on, on a shorter amount of time. You know, maybe it's a little different because they had spring training and then now, you know, most guys are able to throw and, and are able to kind of stay in some kind of shape. Um, maybe it is accelerated, but, you know, we have to be aware of that, too. I heard the Scott Boris proposal talking about taking the playoffs all the way up into Christmas and, you know, doing the American League playoffs in Arizona and the National League in Florida or vice versa, and then the World Series at a neutral site. It all sounds great. I think it would be awesome, and, and believe me, I would love nothing more than to watch my kids open Christmas presents on Christmas Day and then watch Game 7 of the World Series that night. Like, that would be awesome. But now you've got, now you got 25 guys or 26 guys now on, on each team that are playing up until almost the new year, and then they're starting spring training in six weeks. They're going to have zero downtime. You're going to see a huge spike in injuries. Uh, in 2021 if that's how it plays out. I think we can probably tiptoe around it and get away with it, extending the playoffs into mid-November, you know, maybe up into Thanksgiving. But you start getting into December and and you're taking away from that downtime and training time for guys, you're going to start risking careers in 2021, 2022, and and so on. It will have to be safe enough for the players. 3-1 now the count. I don't think players are going to agree to play in empty stadiums away from their families. This one's down the line, but foul. Three and two to count. Down the first baseline, the next one inside, and Abreu takes it, and he goes down on strikes. Fifth strikeout for Barrios, and man, the White Sox have been frustrating today at the plate. I don't think there's going to be baseball, at least until the players can play and still have contact with their families. You have too many guys that have young wives I mean, let's think about this realistically. Baseball players, 
They're good looking. They got money. They got pretty wives. They're young. They want to have babies. There are pregnant baseball wives everywhere right now. Zach Wheeler. Remember, the White Sox tried to sign him. He's already said, I'm not leaving my pregnant wife. Remember, she wouldn't sign with the White Sox even though it was more money. They offered her and him more money to come to the South Side of Chicago. She went to Philly for less. She's not letting him go. She's going to tell him to stay home. And they can't force him. You're going to have stars sitting out. One and two now to Encarnacion with one out. Swung on and fouled off down the third base line. You have too many players that are going to be pressured by wife and family to not play. As Encarnacion goes down swinging, sixth strikeout for Barrios. Two outs here in the bottom of the sixth. And I just don't see how baseball happens when you're going to have stars. And Wheeler's a star. You're going to have many other stars say, I'm not playing. What happens if Mike Trout tells you his wife won't let him play? You know? What, what, what happens if you have a big-name player saying, I can't come in and do this? First pitch, fly it out to right field. Sacks go down quickly here. The Twins kicking their butts. We move on to the seventh inning. Seven-nothing. Fulmer stays in, and why not? It's not like this White Sox offense has offered you anything in the pouring rain. Half the fans have left the stadium. There's a lot of empty seats now. People filing out of here on Easter Sunday. The weather's terrible. There's a plague. And why are you going to stand around in the rain? First pitch taken outside for a ball. Next one inside taken for a strike, one and one. Back to my point last inning, I just don't see how baseball plays. I want them to play. Don't, don't think otherwise. A month ago, when I thought this wasn't as serious as it actually was because we were getting bad information, I thought they were never going to even stop the Major League Baseball season. I was like, this isn't going to stop. Swinging strikeout, the third strikeout for Fomer. One out now. And Sano comes up after Fomer gets Cruz. I was convinced there was no way that they were going to stop the season. You can go back and listen to the show. I was like, that's crazy. There's no way. I mean, there were people saying this thing was like, like one out of a thousand people might die from it. It was, it was not as serious. You know, I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, but didn't seem that bad a month ago. Then we got better information and realized why we need to stay in, why we need to flatten the curve. Now I'm one of those guys standing on his porch yelling at neighborhood kids, go home. Get away from your friends, you stupid idiots. I'm going to call your parents. One and one the count. This one smacked in the center field by Sano. Robert trailing back to the wall. He will catch it on the track in the rain still. I don't know why we played this game, especially when we're losing 7-0. Two outs in the top of the seventh. Fulmer stares in at Donaldson. The pitch on the way. High. Ball one. But I don't know how we're going to play baseball. Because even if they let you out of your homes, it's not like the disease has gotten less deadly, less contagious. And if that, if we go out of our homes, aren't we all just going to get sick now instead of two months ago? It just seems silly. One and two to count. On the other hand, you understand the whole economic downturn. I know a lot of small businesses, they're very worry that they won't be able to stay afloat and trust me if all these people go under we're we're on our way to our next great depression so it, it's a difficult thing to deal with but major league baseball just has to figure out how do we get players to play as the count goes full with garver on deck and i don't know how you get players to play these guys make money that you and i will never see the league minimum in a year is far more than 99 percent of us will ever see 
in two or three years. As this one is grounded underneath Anderson's glove as he dives towards the third base side in the right field for a base hit with two outs. There's a runner on here in the top of the seventh. With the Twins continuing to lead 7-0 in the ring. These guys make an insane amount of money. Now, I'm sure they live a lifestyle that's better than yours and I's. Quickly, Garver is 0-2. The pitch from Fomer. Inside taken for a ball. Look, these guys make a lot of money. They live in a lifestyle that you and I can't understand. And even if they don't think it's a big deal, they may be married to somebody who thinks it's a big deal. And so you're going to have players pressured to go out and make that money. This one is chopped down the first base line, two and two the count. You're going to have guys told, we make enough money. Why are you going to go out during this? Take the year off. And I just don't know how you're going to actually have a season. Because I would, I would predict 15 to 20% of Major League Baseball players will not show up if they try to play a season without fans. During a pandemic with no cure and no vaccine. And these guys have young children and can't be near their wives. I just don't see it happening. The 2-2 pitch, high, taken for a ball, 3-2. Rosario's on deck. Sox trail 7-0. Garver's up, hitting 1-for-3 today. And Fulmer's ready for pitch number 50. He came in to take care of Lopez, who had a terrible start. This one's low for a ball. Runners on first and second here in the top of the second with two outs. I don't think Fulmer finishes the game, but there's no way they're pulling him with the offense doing nothing in a rainy, cold day, and there's not an off day for almost two more weeks. Two weeks from today, the White Sox get an off day. I'm looking at the schedule right now. Until then, nothing. Non-stop, back-to-back-to-back games, unless weather cancels something. They play in the rain today, and I kind of wish this one was canceled because they had taken the first two against the Twins. And then, oh, this has been ugly. The 1-0 pitch outside, 2-0 the count. But I don't see how baseball can convince people to come back to work that don't need the money. Yeah, they're competitive. They have families. They have kids. And although you might get 80% of them to come back, how are you going to have a season that's shortened with 20% of your players out and some of them might be stars? Two strikes now quickly, two and two to counter Rosario with runners on first and second with two outs in the top of the second. The pitch from Fulmer, outside taken for a ball, three and two. Kepler stands in on deck, hitting 157, hoping Rosario can get on. Fulmer, somehow, still wearing shades and overcast skies in the rain and the pitch. That one's high for ball four. The bases are full with two outs here in the top of the seventh. I mean, think about it. If you made a couple billion dollars a year, why are you going to work during this? There are people out of work. Heck, my wife washes off all of her grocers when they come in. She's using dish soap to wash the fruits and vegetables that she picks up from Mariano's. And you're going to tell me that if you've made millions of dollars, that it's worth going out and risking it and staying away from your family for five months? I don't buy it. That one's flied out to Mancada down the third baseline foul. The inning's over. We go to the bottom of the seventh with the White Sox trailing seven to nothing. Grandal steps in in the bottom of the seventh. Flares this one down the first baseline foul. 0-1. Barrios continues the pitch here. 
deep, and why not? He's given up no runs. He's at 82 pitches. He's 0-2 to the first hitter here in the bottom of the seventh. And he's got a 7-0 lead. I had Jose Barrios on my fantasy baseball team a few years ago. Now, I'm going to tell you the trade that I made. And it won me a championship. This one's high and outside. One and two to count. Evan Marshall warming in the bullpen. He'll come in, I would expect, in the eighth inning. I traded Barrios, a minor leaguer at the time, and Juan Moncada, who had just joined the White Sox, to a White Sox fan for Anthony Rizzo in a dynasty league. And while now he puffs his chest out over that deal, I won two championships over two straight years with Rizzo on first base while Barrios and Mancata continued to develop. That's a strikeout on the outside corner and Grandal goes back to the bench. But if you look at it now, Mancata is a premier player. He's going to challenge for the MVP this year. And Barrios is a clear ace on a team that won a division last year and is the favorite this year. Although the White Sox have played them close and even losing 7-0 have already taken two out of three in a series. As Mazzara steps up and takes the first pitch for a strike. Next pitch foul back 0-2. The Sox have not been shut out all season long. But here on Easter Sunday in the rain at home are in danger of just that. Outside high pitch, one and two the count. I've had a lot of people ask me, what do you do with the games? Do you influence the games? Do you have your kid playing the games? Do you play the games? No. Completely simulated. I sit here and watch a game. And today, I'm half in the bag. Well, three quarters in the bag. I may be full in the bag. This one's inside, three and two to count. The only things I do is I help out the manager with pitching substitutions. And I try to help out with replacements in the lineup because you can see that guys are getting tired and they're going to perform badly. But that's it. This one's fouled off three and two to count and the next pitch is flared into left field. They had a shift down for Mazzaro so he beats the shift. He is going to head into second easily with a double. As that ball is rattling around in the left field corner and there was nobody there because the left fielder was almost the center field when the play started. So Mazzaro's on second and Robert's going to come up. The rain continues to pour. The team continues to trail 7-0. And I continue to have no effect on these games. And that's why I'm excited about how the Sox have started off. This one's dribbled to third and dropped by Donaldson. The runner's going to hold his second because he could have grabbed it and tagged him out. But an E5 puts Robert on. First and second now in the bottom of the seventh, one out. And Danny Mendick comes up to the plate, and they're going to call Mendick back. And they're going to pinch hit for Danny Mendick here with a 7-0 game. And let Leury Garcia come up and hit for him and play second base. So Renteria, although he's enjoyed the defense of Mendick, would like to be able to let Leury get up there, who bats switch, and go to the left side of the plate against the righty Barrios. Takes the first pitch high and inside for a ball, 1-0, with two on here in the bottom of the seventh. The pitch. Low and inside, taken for a strike, one and one. Barrios up to 95 pitches here. He looks in and delivers. Low and outside, two and one the count. Barrios sets the pitch. 
High pitch, but taken for a strike. Right at the letters, two and two on a curveball. The next one on the way. Swung on and chopped up the middle. That one's going to go off the shortstop's glove. Everybody's going to be safe. And the bases are loaded here in the bottom of the seventh. So a 7-0 lead for the Twins with one out in the bottom of the seventh. And Tim Anderson comes up. And one swing could make this a game. And you got to cling to moments like this when you're in a bad game and you're in late afternoon with overcast skies. The lights have been on all day in a day game. He's 0-1 quickly, the pitch on the way. Swung on and fouled off down the first baseline, 0-2. Anderson's got a grand slam already this year. The pitch. Swung on and lifted deep into left field. Rosario goes back to the wall, and he will catch it against the fence. The runner on third is going to score. It will not be a shutout as Mazzaro crosses the plate. That was very close to making it 7-4 and making this a game. Instead, it's 7-1 with two outs in the bottom of the seventh. Juan Moncada comes up, and let's not forget, if he gets a hold of it, it's still 7-4. There's two outs here in the bottom of the seventh with runners on first and second. Robert leads off of second base. The pitch on the way. Swung on and missed on a four-seam fastball under the bat. 0-1 the count. The pitch. Low, taken for a ball on a changeup. Barrios remains in the game. He's over 100 pitches now. With a six-run lead here in the bottom of the seventh and two outs. High pitch, taken for a ball, 2-1 the count. Look, managers have the opinion that if a guy gets this far and he's got a big lead, let him go. But Barrios is weaker now than he's ever been. And we've got a possible MVP candidate up there as this one gets away. Both runners advance 90 feet. And on a 3-1 count, you got runners at second and third with two outs. And this is the moment to strike with Mancata up there. Swung on and chopped foul down the first baseline. Barrios at 106 pitches with two on. Mancata up the pitch. This one is also chopped down the first baseline foul. The Twins trying to let Barrios finish the seventh, the pitch. This one is lifted down the line. It is fair into the corner in left field. Two runs are going to score. Mancata's on his way to second. And the White Sox have scored three now in the seventh inning and trail by four. The comeback is on with a two-run double by Moncada. It is seven to three here in the bottom of the seventh inning. And right now, I'm going to talk to the six people that continued listening. Because everybody else turned it off. If we win this game, people are going to listen to tomorrow's game and be like, what the heck happened? How did they win that game? I hope they do it. Barrios is going to leave the game now. He is done after six and two-thirds. Mancada's on second. Abreu is up. And Homer Bailey's going to come in. And remember, we tore this guy apart in game one of the series. This is his eighth appearance. He's 2-1, and 0-for-1 in save opportunities over 21 innings with a 3.43 earned run average, 14 strikeouts to 11 walks. And the righty... Stands in against Abreu, who's 0 for 3 with Moncada on second. And the pitch is on the way. Swung on and chopped down the first baseline. Tough play. Big stab over there by Kepler. He's going to get Abreu. One pitch, one out. Bailey walks off the mound like he's Vince McMahon walking into WWE Raw. But the White Sox are now by 4 now after 7. Evan Marshall will come in with the Sox trailing by 4 here in the 8th inning. 
He's got five appearances, six and two-thirds innings, with a 2.70 ERA, three strikeouts, two walks. Righties and lefties all hitting below 250 against him. Buxton stands in, one for two, the pitch on the way. Low and outside, changeup taken for a strike. The rain continues to pour as Marshall and his team that was trailing by seven now only trails by four. And the White Sox are a dangerous lineup. The game is not over yet. Half the crowd is left, the other half sticking out here in the rain. And I'm just sitting here in a booth with my margarita and a smile. Low and outside, one and one. Happy Easter to everybody. 28,290 showed up. Although I would say at least 10,000 have left. Maybe 15. Inside changeup taken for a ball, two and one. Marshall sets and delivers the Buxton. This is a bunt popped up. Rondell will catch it. And there's one out. Cleveland beat Tampa Bay 5-4 to today. They have a chance to pull, I don't know if it's even or a half game behind the White Sox, if the Twins can beat the Sox today. So it's very competitive at the top of the AL Central. There's a low pitch at the knees to Luis Araz. Goes for a strike, 0-1. The Angels beat Detroit 9-7. They kicked their butts in Detroit all weekend long. 0-2 pitch on the way. Outside changeup taken for a ball. 1-2 the count. You know, you can't win every game. But man, it would be fun to come back in this one. And in the pouring rain, if they're winning the first two games, you feel like you're playing with house money as this one's outside for a ball 2-2. Two and two. If they lose, you can't be too upset. If they win, you're doing cartwheels. This one is grounded to Anderson who's going to scoop and throw to first. Two outs here now in the top of the eighth inning. The Sox lineup is potent. It's not the White Sox lineup from the last couple years. And yeah, they don't have their big pitchers in right now. I get that. And yeah, they're losing 7-3. to three. But just think of it as they're down by four and they've got six outs left to give. And think about what they've done as Polanco steps in. He started the scoring for the Twins with a solo home run in the first. And he lifts this one deep in the right field. They're going to look up and it's his second home run of the game. That lands directly into section 108, wrapping around the foul pole. And it's no longer a four-run lead. It's a five-run lead. And it's eight... Eight to three twins on a big hit by Polanco. This is one of those moments where fans will sit there in the pouring rain in the cold and say, that's it, I'm done. And you can see it as they start to file out of the ballpark. Ground ball in between Anderson and Garcia, who's now at second base. And the runner's on first with two outs here in the eighth. There was hope, and those that had stuck around believed. But now you're going to lose even more fans after that home run. Now you got a base hit. It's cold, it's rainy, it's Easter. People are heading towards the exit as Sano comes in. Drills this one over to short. Anderson's going to pick it on the one hop and get it over to second to end the inning. But Polanco gets one of the three runs the White Sox got back. And midway through the eighth, the Sox trail by five, eight to three on Easter. The White Sox hit the road. Tomorrow they go to Kansas City for three. Then they're back home for four against the Rangers and three against the Royals. So it's a quick road trip, a three-game series against the Royals where they already took two out of three against. They're getting all their Kansas City games in early because they will have already played six against them before we get to next weekend. 
and they'll have three more against them next week. Encarnacion comes up. He's one and one quickly as Bailey throws a strike and then a ball on the next pitch on the way. Taken outside, two and one. So we got the four-hitter Encarnacion, the five-hitter Jimenez, and the six-hitter Grandal. Inside fastball, strike, two and two. I would think if nothing happens with the first two batters, you could actually let Yerman Mercedes come in and hit and catch the ninth inning. You want to give some activity to the guy. And this has been a blowout all game. 2-2 pitch taken inside for a strike. That's a terrible call by the umpire, I'll be honest with you. It was way too inside, but it's raining and your team's down by five. And you're not getting the benefit of the doubt. So one out here in the bottom of the eighth, and Jimenez comes up one for three. And Bailey delivers to him. The righty Bailey gets a four-seam fastball across. Owen won the count. Want to thank Matt Caps for joining the show. Socks on 35th does the recaps for us. They're going to be joining us next weekend. Three games, though, in Kansas City happening right after this game. This one is sent to short over to first. Six to three out. Two outs here in the bottom of the eighth. And as predicted, Yerma Mercedes will come in for Grandal and likely catch the next inning. You know, it's pouring rain. It's Easter. The guy's had two pinch hits and has not played defense at all. You got to give a guy a chance as Bailey delivers to him. Inside slider taken for a strike 0-1. Mercedes has had two at-bats. He got a big hit in his first one. It was out in his second one, so he's hitting 500. 0-1 the count, the pitch on the way. Low, below the knees, 1-1. There's a lot of us that are not sure whether or not this is the right decision. A third catcher. And if you look at what's been going on, there's never really been an instance to bring him in. This one's chopped down third base. Good play by Donaldson. It's going to be close, but he's going to get him on the throw across. He had to get in foul territory and throw it over. Mercedes is retired. After eight, the Twins lead eight to three. Mercedes will remain a catcher behind the plate. And Evan Marshall will continue to pitch with Josh Donaldson up here in the top of the ninth. And the White Sox trailing by five. So let's talk a little bit about Yerman Mercedes. Because in spring training, the whole talk was, make him the 26th man. He's hitting so well. But now as we simulate the season, you realize, when are you going to have a guy come in who doesn't play good defense and pinch hits? Well, that was his third at bat. We are several weeks into the season now. And he is one for three. Now, he did have a pretty good hit the one time he came up. But why have a third catcher on? Because how often are they going to help you? Quickly, Josh Donaldson is one and two as Marshall stares in. And the pitch on the way. Swung on and fouled off off the backstop. You don't really need three catchers. And the White Sox have seen guys get tired. I'm going to tell you right now as we simulate these games, Anderson needs a break. Moncada needs a break. Everybody needs a break. Your outfielders need a break. Robert's slowing down. He needs a break. You, you have a lot of young guys on this team. You need to give breaks to your position players. And that's why I don't know if the Yerman Mercedes argument makes sense. 3-2 pitch. Swung on and missed. Change up. Tailing away. Donaldson goes down for the first out in the top of the ninth inning. So there's a good chance that Mercedes 
will not be on this team very much longer as we make the decisions here at Socks in the Basement. By the way, remember, this is all brought to you by our good friends over at Cork and Carry at the Park, 33rd in Princeton. Go check them out at corkandcarryatthepark.com or get some food through Grubhub. It's good stuff. Award-winning burgers, man. I don't know. They might start doing booze too soon. They're checking that out. 2-0 pitch now coming to Mitch Garver. Inside fastball taken for a strike, 2-1. A lot of things that we envision coming up here. Socks in the basement as we simulate the season. Because this one's inside taken for a ball, 3-1. We envision that Mercedes will eventually give way to likely an outfielder unless Nick Madrigal comes up, and that could be very soon. This one is chopped to short. Anderson backhands it across the first, and he is retired. Two outs in the top of the ninth. Because, remember, if you can bring up Mandrigal, Garcia almost becomes the backup outfielder, along with Engel, while Mendick can move around the infield. You become much more versatile during games. Because there's no reason for Yerman Mercedes. It almost feels like Mercedes is only here because they didn't want to bring up Mandrigal to begin with. And in real life, I think that was the reason as well. 2-0 count now to Eddie Rosario. The other thing you can look for is by the end of this month or early May, we intend to promote Michael Kopech. Now, our belief is that Kopech, because he had pitched five weeks or six weeks in 2018, had earned service time. He gets all of 2019 in service time as well, but sent down to the minor leagues, even in real life, after the pandemic hit, as the count goes full to Kepler. I'm sorry, as the count goes full to Rosario. The White Sox have put his clock on hold. As this one is chopped the second, Garcia's going to grab it in the grass and send this one over to Abreu. So, one, two, three for Marshall. We'll go to the bottom of the ninth. The White Sox trailing by five. Rogers comes in, the lefty, and as he's a lefty, and he's four for four in save opportunities, Anamingo will come out to hit for Mazzara because he's been killing lefties. So the White Sox are going to let him bat in this game, hitting 421 on the season, in the bottom of the ninth, trailing by five. First pitch outside slider taken for a ball. Back to my point about Kopech. Kopech earned all of his time while he was on the DL, and he earned time in those few weeks that he was in the majors. But if the White Sox can keep him down the minor leagues long enough, and he doesn't earn time, guess what? You get a year back. And we're going to play out that scenario because that's what we believe the White Sox would have done if everything was even. I don't know what they're going to do now. 3-0 quickly to angle. But once Kopech gets past that threshold where the White Sox gain the extra year of control, he will join the squad, either in the bullpen or he will bump somebody to the bullpen. Outside pitch catches the corner. Rodgers has angle three and one here with no outs in the bottom of the ninth with a five-run lead, the pitch on the way. And that one is a strike down the middle slider, three and two. Sacks trailed all game. They trail by five right now in the bottom of the ninth. It has rained from start to finish. Most of the fans have left. There are probably more Twins fans than White Sox fans out there, and they're soaked. The pitch swung on and sent out to center field that is going to drop in front for a base hit. So Engel's on in the pinch hit roll. Much like Mazzara had a big pinch hit when he came in for him the other day. 
this platoon thing is working out great. So expect Mercedes to probably go down soon for Mandeville. And expect Kopech to come up. And it's not going to kick a starter out. It's going to kick a relief pitcher out of the team. I believe that's what we'll end up doing. And then we really won't worry unless there's an injury until Rodon shows up in mid to late June or early July. Hopefully by then we'll have regular baseball. Luis Roberts steps up 0 for 3. He's quickly 1-1 one one in the count. Engel on first base with the Sox trailing by 5 with no outs in the bottom of the ninth. If you look at the minor league system that MLB 20, the show, gives you, as this one gets away, runner advances 90 feet, Engel's on second. 2-1 count now to Luis Robert. If you look at what they show you in the minor leagues, there's not a lot down there. Like, you're not going to want to bring anybody else up besides Madrigal, Kopech, and Rodon. There may be a left-handed pitcher down there you grab up late in the season because Jace Fry has been ineffective at times when he's not in a loogie role, or he might have to make a trade. But other than that, unless there's an injury, this is your team. This one's taken for a strike, two and two to count. The pitch. Swung on and missed on a curveball tailing away. First out of the ninth inning. Rogers sets Robert down. Leary Garcia comes up for a second at bat of the game. He came in for Mendick earlier on. Also, another interesting thing for those that have stuck around this late in the game in these simulations. For some reason, MLB The Show thinks Lucas Giolito hates his team. This one is fouled off down the first baseline. His morale is so low, it's actually hurting his performance. So they give you, like, initial stats. But they say that he hates his contract, hates his team, hates his location, and hates his manager. Now, I don't think any of that is true. I haven't had any indication that Giolito hates Chicago and hates his manager. But they've made it that way. And he hates his contract. This one's a uh, line shot to first, and Kepler going to pick it out of the air, and there's two outs now in the bottom of the ninth with a runner on second. And Tim Anderson will come up 0 for 3 with his team trailing by 5 in the pouring rain. A runner on second is he's the last guy up. Rogers, the lefty, looks in. I'm sorry we had such a bad Easter. This is a sinker outside corner. It's been rough for all of us on Easter. A lot of us away from our families. This one's flared off down the right field line, and it's going to be fair. It's going to get down in the corner. The runner is going to score. Engel comes in very easily, and Anderson's in the second. It's 8-4 to four now with two outs in the bottom of the ninth. That's his seventh double of the season. In the end, the score will look like the White Sox kept it close. But with barely anybody in the ballpark here in the rain, we all know what really happened. Moncada comes up hitting from the right side of the plate with a double, a single, and two RBI. Two for three in the game. If he hit a home run right now, it'd be eight to six. With two outs in the middle of the lineup due up. But you can't get excited yet. Although Southpaw is dancing on top of the dugout right now. I want to wish you though a happy Easter. I want you to understand it's gonna get better. I tell my kids constantly, you're living through history. And one day when you're older, you're gonna talk about this, and your grandkids and your kids, they're all gonna sit around, they're gonna be in awe of what you tell them about. Because they're gonna learn about it in history books for hundreds of years. Count goes one and one after Moncada takes a ball and then an inside strike at the knees. The pitch. This one's chopped foul, one and two to count. But in the end, we will get through this. There is a light eventually at the end of the tunnel. It's not here now. I don't see it right now. We're going to get there. This one's flared out in the right center field. That's going to end up being caught unless there's an error 
it will be caught and the game is over. So the White Sox end up taking two out of three from the Minnesota Twins, but drop the finale eight to four and will remain in second place. Reynaldo Lopez got lit up early on a rainy afternoon here on the south side of Chicago. But White Sox fans came out, and I want to tell you something right now. We look good. And we've got Kansas City, three games, then we come home for Texas for four, and three more against Kansas City. And I'd be shocked if this team isn't poised to go on a run. The Twins were served notice, and they know it, even though they're smiling right now, they know they were served notice by the Chicago White Sox that this is going to be a long season. Jose Barrios gets the win, six and two-thirds innings, six hits, seven strikeouts, three walks, three earned run. Reynaldo Lopez with a loss, four innings pitched, seven hits, six strikeouts, one walk, and six earned runs. Jorge Polanco, three for five with two home runs and two RBIs because they were both solo shots. Tim Anderson was the best player for the White Sox, one for four with a double and two RBIs. Mancata was two for four with a double and two RBIs. And Mazzara, one for two with a double and a run scored. We'll see you tomorrow in Kansas City. Pretty ballpark, good barbecue, terrible baseball fans. They couldn't name you four people on their roster, but they'll be standing out there in those baby blues. This is a White Sox simulated season. Remember to check out SoxOn35th.com for the recap. We'll see you tomorrow. Enjoy the rest of your Easter, folks. And thanks for listening to us. Socks in the Basement found everywhere podcasts can be found and always SocksInTheBasement.com. Bye-bye, everybody. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Socks in the Basement. Heard everywhere podcasts can be found and always on SocksInTheBasement.com.